Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. All right, we're back for another episode of Mangrove Community Presents Reasonable Doubt. Man, we have a very special guest here today, um, Anjanette Thibodeau. How are you feeling today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Let us know your background, where you're from, um, you know, career-wise, things like that. Let us know about you. Sure. I am Angie Annette Thibodeau. I am originally from Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana girl, born and raised, and uh, uh, now I'm an Acres Homes girl. been here for several years now (laughs) uh, from the FOFO, of course. Uh, and that's where my family, my, I have deep roots. Uh, okay. The Thibodeau roots are definitely uh, in the Acres Homes community. As most of our leaders that uh, pillars in the community migrated from other areas, a lot of Louisianians migrated from Louisiana into the settler areas, right. especially Acres Homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Gramlin State University. Gramlin State. Yeah, I got my master's from Gramlin State University, a master's in uh Public uh, public administration. I got my MPA, mm-hmm. uh, specializing in state and local government, as well as human resource management. I did a double. Cool. Uh, so it sounds like you knew where you wanted to end up in life. Yeah, yeah. With the I decisions mean, you made in college. Yeah, I, I love civics. I love our social component. I love advocacy. Uh, having a voice for that little man uh, who feels like they have no voice. That's who I am. Uh, I'm a single mom. Okay. Uh, have a son named Major. I actually have two sons. One's deceased and I'm one is still living. That. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm and Major. Uh, and uh, I, I face those same challenges that many single moms face today. I, I go to work. Uh, I am a working class mom. I go to work. I pull a, a nine to five, actually an eight to five, huh. and uh, in some cases eight to six, and then I have to get to the daycare, pick my son up by six thirty, and then it's off to doing community work where I serve as Acres Home Super Neighborhood Council President. Uh, I wear that with a badge of honor because I'm able to uh, help the constituents and the residents in the area. I'm all about businesses, small businesses especially. Mm-hmm. I am a business owner as okay. well. Uh, you know, I just I, I come from corporate America, mm-hmm. which a lot of people uh, sometimes they find that a, a interesting dynamic that a corporate a corporate America girl then turns uh, advocate, then turns community <laughs> activist. And so you got to understand my walk in life because yeah. my walk in life from working from GM. Uh, being a General Motors girl and then going to Bank of America, and I was vice president there. Mm -hmm. And so going from there, then going into uh, community activists, being an advocate on the ground. But those walks in life led me there because I was on the top. People don't realize they think I just popped up. Mm -hmm. No, I've been back in the scenes, working behind the scenes since 2003 with foreclosure. We knew foreclosure was going to be an epidemic before before it even happened. So that was one of the things you learn when you're on the in the bank. It's like my grandmother says, sometimes you have to be a Trojan horse. You know, mm. in the Bible, you, you have that Trojan horse. Do what right. you have to do to get in. But once you get in, you maneuver and you make things happen for the good of others. You've got to sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did when I found out about foreclosure being an epidemic. We learn in most banks and most, most corporate America, they know that they're going to have a loss. But you want to mitigate the loss that you have because right. it's already insured. So yeah. when I start learning how the banks operate, wait, wait, hold on, I'm mm-hmm. sl- mitigate. When you just to get clarity on that, when you say mitigate the losses, what is that exactly? Okay. I guess in layman's terms, absolutely. You know you're going to lose, and there's only so many dollars that you have insured to mm-hmm. know that the bank is just like Vegas; they never lose. Mm-hmm. And so that you know you're already going to lose money, but now you have a team in place to lessen. The The amount you lose. Hmm. So they mitigate that. And so they have a loss mitigation team that works out solutions. Well, we started doing things to work out solutions 
even deeper. And so what we started learning is that a lot of these houses that was going into foreclosure literally <laughs> wasn't even worth what the value was because when they bought, they bought at the top of the market mm -hmm. and they bought at an infl inflated price. So we started doing principal forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, we formed a union with other uh, servicers and banks called mm -hmm. Hope, the Homeownership Preservation Enterprise. And the, it just took a life of its own. I, I found that I liked helping people out of those situations. So principal forgiveness, you were able to reduce the actual principal on the home? Correct. Wow, that's amazing. Cool. And and it took a team of people coming together, like minds, mm -hmm. and y'all were able to make that happen. Absolutely. See, that's beautiful. And and that just shows the power when people come together and like minds that ha that are on a mission and have the knowledge and the know how to do it and you see it through to the end. That's beautiful. Um definitely a blessing. It sounds like everything your your life Line, it lines itself up, and we know that only God can do that for us. And it sounds like you were just <laughs> obedient to your call, right. and you continue to be obedient to your call. So I, I just want to understand where did this passion for community come from and advocacy come from? Glad you asked that question because I was going to tap into <laughs> that humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. You got to remember, I'm a Louisiana girl, cornbread and country fed. So <laughs> I just, I'm just a Louisiana girl. I'm a country girl. I still believe in the the old way of doing things when it comes to community. Sometimes right. we got to get back to the basics. And that's why I'm taking this 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 new step mm -hmm. in life, because if we get back to, to the basics, sometimes we can get to a level to where we forget how that common man is. Right. We forget common issues and they seem so simple that we take them for granted. Mm -hmm. So I come from an area where you go outside, you work the farm, you work in the vineyard, and you come back, you reap and you sow, you reap and you sow, you reap and you right. sow, you sowing and you reaping. And that's where I come from. It's okay to, to have those humble be beginnings. I am never ashamed of where I, I come from, the dirt roads, one red light wow. <laughs> town. Everybody know everybody. Wow. I can go home right now, and by the time I get to the, to the red light, mm -hmm. my mom, everybody know I'm already there. Because the police <laughs> already told me, we got a new car in town. Right. You know, It's that small, and I'm proud of that. That's good. I am yeah. so proud of that because those humble beginnings made me who I am. It took a village to, to raise me. You got to understand, I came from a family that didn't have that college, that collegiate background. Mm -hmm. But when you know better, you do better. Right. So it took that village. It took somebody in church to say, you know what? I see something in you. Have you ever thought about going to college? Let me prepare you with a guidance counselor. Here's Gramlin State University. Here's Southern University. Here's Northeast, now ULM. Mm -hmm. Here's Xavier. Here's LSU. Let us let, let us path you. Right. So do we blame the parents for not knowing? Absolutely not. Right. They did the best they could exactly. with, with the resources with what they that they have, as we are parents mm -hmm. now doing the same thing. So it took the village to groom me and raise me that way. And now that they've I've, they've served me, mm -hmm. I serve them. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So it seems like you had a strong support system around you that paved the way for you. Absolutely. And again, you took advantage of every opportunity that was laid in front of you. you went to Gramlin State University. And then you find yourself in the city of Houston, yeah. the fourth largest city and soon to be third. Yeah. How was that coming in, small country girl, <laughs> coming into the city of Houston? And sometimes that's what we need, a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Well, you got to understand, I, I, I was working with consulting for Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, NACA, which is one of the largest housing advocacy organizations across the country, 47 plus offices across the country and mm -hmm. growing. So that became my baby. And that became something that I went from Charlotte, North Carolina, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Miami, Atlanta, L.A., Phoenix, <laughs> Las Vegas, you name it, <laughs> I was who, there. The who, who a city, so. Exactly. I mean, I have a slew of cities, and I still have relationships in every last one of those wow. cities today. And it led me from Dallas to Houston, uh, being that I was married mm -hmm. uh, at that time, and, and you do things for love. Right. You know, the relationship, the husband leads the family, and then he led the family here. And when he dug in and dug into Acres Home became our home because mm -hmm. that was home. Right. That was initially home from the beginning. Gotcha. So we just came back to the roots gotcha. and we dug in. And when you go out in the vineyard and work and you know better, you come back and bring those learnings 
back to to our people right. and you share. Yeah, everything happened for a reason. We thank God that you ended up in the Acres Home community yeah. back in the city of Houston because I mean, I've 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 seen you out and about and things like that. I see your work and what you do and it's beautiful. I come to the super neighborhood meetings and mm-hmm. I hear the the delegates, the stakeholders and things like that. I hear them talk about where it was and where it has come. So that's what it's about when that but that baton is passed to continue to elevate, mm-hmm. you know, and grow on top of whatever foundation was already set, which Absolutely. I'm sure it was. And you just took it and you ran with it. And I've I've talked to several people. I've even seen some things with my own eyes that, that are in the Acres Home community that is just beautiful. To me, it's one of the... And I, I want to be, I don't want to get in trouble when I say this, but it's one of the real complete communities I see in Houston um, as far as black communities or. I'm pretty proud of Acres. Right. I really am. Uh, one of the things, and, and I first I want to say there is no such thing as throwaway people. Mm-hmm. I think people reach their peak. And so although the Super the Acres Home Super Neighborhood Council was functioning and it was functioning at a level, mm-hmm. it wasn't functioning at an optimal level. Gotcha. You know, and again, when you know better, you do better. Right. So that being said, there's nothing wrong with the past administrations. Right. It's just that they have peaked. Exactly. As we as people, we as human, our season is over. Yeah. And so then we took it to another level right. with communication mechanisms, uh, membership mechanisms, uh, being more organized mm-hmm. and things of that nature. First, you have to clean the inside of your house and then you can go yeah, out exactly. and help others. I mean, and you came in with a slew of experience. Look at all the cities you've been to. I'm pretty sure you pick something up from every single city Absolutely. that you come from. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they all play a role and they're implemented in some type of way, whether small or big. And that experience, like you say, would would allow you to expand further than someone who may have just lived their life in one city and, and not seen how things operate a little bit differently and work a little differently. It's a million ways to skin a cat, you know. Right. And if you know if, if you know three and another person knows ten, then, hey, why not pick up Seven more ways to skin a cat, you know. Um, So Super Neighborhood, now I'm excited to to have you on because you decided to take yet another step. Mm -hmm. And we're running for state rep, District 139. Texas State Rep, District 139. Yes, I have decided to make an ultimate sacrifice and run for an an office, Texas State Rep, District 139. Uh, And again, nothing wrong with where we were as far as the person that was in, that is holding that seat now. Mm-hmm. It's just that I believe we are an advanced, we are an intelligent community. We are a district filled with people from all walks of life, with all kinds of skills, knowledge, abilities, and talents. And I think at some point we reached that ceiling. Mm-hmm. And who said that once we get to the glass ceiling, it has to stop right there? Mm-hmm. We need no, to bring that hem out. We shattered in. the glass. <laughs> exactly. You know, we shattered that glass. And if anybody yeah. ever looked me up, I can sh- I shatter glass. Wow. I break the ceiling. I have to because you cannot put limitations and conditions on me. Right. You won't have that type of dominion on me. And we shouldn't have that type of mindset in our district mm-hmm. and in our community. Again, when we know better, we do we better. Do better. Yeah. Nothing against the administration. Now, we do what we know to do. Exactly. But when there's new concepts, there's things that, that we have the power and the mechanism to yep. do. There's business development and enhancements from a state level that we could bring and galvanize our community and bring that access right. to our community, bringing forth awareness, access. And when you bring forth awareness and access, now you got change. Hmm. And that's that's where change comes from. And and it, and we have to take advantage of everything that's out there, all of our resources. Just like, for example, I was in the process of moving. I had to rent a U-Haul. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm renting a U-Haul, and I'm getting ready to give the lady my ID. And she's like, no, I don't need your ID. Pull your phone out because I'm about to send you a link, and you're going to take a picture of the front of your ID and a picture of the back of it. And I'm like, how things have changed. Oh, yeah. But it— it puts it in your hands. It empowers you. Of course. So you can read, you can read the terms and conditions and everything else. You have everything right there in your hand. When usually we're handing over our ID and we don't get the terms and conditions until after we done agreed to everything, paid, signed yeah. off on everything. Yeah. So yeah. it 
we have to take advantage of the technology and resources that we have. Now, with you, you running for this this office, you running for state rep. First, let us know what what is the duties of a state rep? Uh, the state representative actually they they create they author they co-author house bills mm-hmm. house bills that impact your district. What's important to your district? Well, here's the thing: How do you know what's important to your district if you're not out in the district right. when you're not out? In, in in dealing with the everyday common people. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I want to do first. I want to bring that seat back to the people because really and truly, you are the representative exactly. of the people. It exactly. is the state representative. So how do we know how we look abroad, across the, in Austin? How do we know? Mm-hmm. We look at, at the House bills that have passed. We look at the House bills that's been presented and who voted for what right. and things of that nature. But how many of those House bills actually impacted us as a district right. or did those House bills impact other districts? Right. And you have to hold people accountable and question that. And did they line up? And, and it's, it's funny that you say the people because I think that's what a lot, of, and this is me talking. I think that's what a lot of our representatives are missing. That you represent the people. You don't represent the business interests that are trying to come in. Of course, if those people are going to come in and bring the people jobs, then yeah, we want them in. But just to get revenue tax off of that business that comes into the district, whether it be city, state, or whatever, which we know in in Texas we don't have a state tax, but. Why is that your main focus, bringing in businesses that are not benefiting the people in the community? Just to say that we have an Amazon. I'll use Greenspoint, for example, to say that we have an Amazon in Greenspoint. We have a Coca-Cola coming to Greenspoint. But are you going to hire our people from our communities? Are you going to hire a second chance? Are you going to give people second chances? Do you believe in that? Because you're coming into a community where a lot of people are plagued with having felonies and things like that. Like you say, they didn't know better. So they didn't do better at that time. But what if they make a change and want to do better? And those and, are the those are the agreements and the understanding. You have to have a level of understanding as new businesses come into the area. Mm-hmm. You have to set it up up front right. and say, okay, we want you in this area. We, there's a study that's been done showing that there's a demand, there's a need. However, In the event that you do come in, we already know you're going to make millions. Mm -hmm. But how many jobs you're going to dedicate to second chance uh, uh, constituents? How many jobs are you going to dedicate to our African-American or our minority members? How many jobs you're going to you're going to create for our Hispanics and Asian market? Mm -hmm. How many jobs, you know, and how many jobs are you going to bring a lot of talent from other states? Right. Those are good questions you have to ask. And I I take it a step further because this is why I'm at with it now. Yes, you come in and you say, oh, well, we'll give this amount of jobs. But if you're you're giving minimum wage, even if you're paying somebody $15 an hour, if you look at the breakdown on what it costs to live in this city, you're still not helping the community. You're benefiting benefiting from that because you have to pay your worker. And... Mm -hmm. Just because you're paying your worker, does, it still doesn't mean you're benefiting your community. Are you opening up leadership positions, management positions for people from our communities that can really go out and become homeowners? Because if we have a stay-at-home mom, you know, and some people may choose to do that. They may have a stay-at-home mom and the dad goes out to work. A $15 an hour job is not going to suffice. He's going to have to get two of those and work 16 hours a day just if they do want to own a home. Because the market in the city of Houston is going up. To me, it's getting out of the reach of the everyday Houstonian. And I feel like they are catering to bring a lot of outside people in. Because if you look at the average income in Houston and then the price of a home, they're not adding up. So those are questions I like to ask our representatives. Um because it, you have to stay focused on the people, on the people, on the people. We cannot look at money. We cannot look at big bits. We know that needs to, to, we need it to generate things and keep it going. But that's not the main focus. The main focus is how is all of this going to bring a light to our community? I go to Atlanta. Now, Atlanta, they have a whole Coca-Cola park and everything in Atlanta that you can see 
how Coca-Cola plays a part in the community. And that comes with the organization and the structure of the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a book. It's a hell of a book, mm -hmm. The Art of the Deal. Mm -hmm. And if you read that book, it'll it'll it actually will change your life. I, I, I there's another book. Art of the Deal. Who's the author? Do you remember? Okay, Art of the Deal. Art of the Deal. And there's another one called Getting to Yes. Mm -hmm. And Getting to Yes is where you know I don't hear no often. Gotcha. You know, because I refuse to take no. <laughs> it's part of the next book, The Art of the Deal. So when somebody tell you no, what is your thought process if you do hear no? How to, to, to turn to it into yes. How exactly. do we get to yes? Okay. How do we get to yes? So it you may know? be something I'm missing or right. so I'm going to figure it out and That's put that right. piece in and we got a complete puzzle. No, it's puzzle. not an option. I right. do it like I tell my son. You know, no, it's not an option. Can't is not an option. Mm -hmm. Won't is not an option. Right. Quit is not an option. Right. Understand that he's trying to... He, he, I, Prime example, one of his teachers was saying, oh, you got to learn how to reach and get the oranges at the bottom of the tree. You know, when they drop, then you grab it. And he was like, no, I think I'm going to grab them right here. You know, no, I don't even want you to think that wealth is grabbing the the, the fruit that fell from the tree. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want you to even grab off the tree. I want you to understand what it means to own the tree right. and then own the grove. Right. So I'm teaching him exactly. how to own the grove. Stop mm -hmm. picking up fruit. Right. Figure out how to plant that seed and own your own tree. That's beautiful. So, see, I, I love your conversation and I love your passion and how you expand your way of thinking, expand your mind, because we're we're getting too complacent nowadays. Hard knocks, life. We're getting too I complacent, mean, and there's so much more that we can do as a whole. Just like I run across some statistics on how much money the black community spends on Jordans per se, four billion dollars a year. Absolutely. And we we want to yell at the politicians that oh y'all not treating us fairly. Well, sometimes we got to take a look at a mirror. We can take that four billion dollars mm -hmm. and reallocate that. You know, Absolutely. and we hey design our own shoes, mm -hmm. design our own shoes, and we don't have to charge that much to where we're spending four billion. Charge that much to where we're spending two billion, and then let's take that other two billion and decide what we're gonna do with Absolutely. and how we're gonna grow our community. And we can do that. Remember, if you go read Acres Home the book, it tells you. Acres Home got a book. Acres Homes, the book is called The 4-4, Past, Present, and Future. Okay. It literally will give you insight on how Acres Homes even became that way, mm -hmm. how where the 4-4 comes from. And, and again, the district is comprised of more than just Acres Homes. Right. But I say that because it was one of the largest African-American settler, settler areas there was. In the nation, In right? In the nation. Right. And so it's, it's a hell of a book, and it's a good story to read how all of this came about. But I say all of that to say, in that, I learned that we are an advanced people. You have to go back right. to our roots and understand we grew our own crops. We, we cultivated our own farm. We we slaughtered our own meat. I mean, we did it all. Yes, we did. And, and now, how is it that we've become so complacent that we feel like we we are in need. Amazon, when you brought that up, mm -hmm. Amazon having Amazon in our area and not negotiating a park, mm -hmm. a stadium, an amusement, something for the kids, right. something for our youth. Shucks, give it back to our institutions. Yep. Uh, adopt some schools and institutions, and every every now and then uh, have an annual scholarship for children that yeah, are exactly. in need or for kids that are getting ready to go to college. That's the and art of the deal. Amazon is critical in a lot of the technology. It's really, to, in my mind, the foundation that AWS, and we can have all type of, we can teach our children this because this is the way the world is going. Mm -hmm. And we have Amazon in our backyard and, and we're, in our not, backyard. we're not making money, taking advantage of that. We should be. We should have our children out here doing all type of stuff, all type of robotics going through Greenspoint, delivering food, all type of stuff. But that's just me. I'm a dreamer, but I do believe dreams come true. And we'll see it through because now we're having a conversation. Right. We were not having these type of conversations 10 years ago. But for us to sit up here and have this conversation, and especially if our children are in the next room listening or or they see us in action having these conversations, then these are things that they're going to be thinking about 
for life. And once they get of age and they're able to take action, they're going to come out the gates thinking like this. And we have to think like this, Carl. I cannot tell you how critical this is. The steps that I'm making Mm -hmm. right now, the steps that you're making right now is not for our children. They're for my grandchildren. And as I raise my son and and get him to thinking along those lines, I want him to think about his grandchildren. Mm -hmm. That's generational wealth. You know, we have finest. to think, and as opposed to thinking for the here and now, I have a talk with some of my millennials and they ask me, you know, why should I vote? You know, I, what, what difference does it make? You have to get out of that mindset mm-hmm. because if voting was such a, a, a non-factor or a non-issue, there wouldn't be so much controversy around where the polls are located, who's eligible to vote, why this person can't vote because of their past, right. and why these people are a protected class of people that can vote. Right. If if it was just a nonchalant topic, we would not be having yep. these type of conversations. I want you that. It should be a show. <laughs> Think it through. Oh, yeah. You go <laughs> back to through. 1870 where, you know, we fought for our vote. We we received our voters' right through the 15th Amendment. And then 10 years later, we're fighting for our voting rights all over again. And then you fast forward to the civil rights. We're still fighting. Mm-hmm. So it has to be importance in it. But the thing is, like you say, we have to start from the ground level where we plant the seed, we watch, we watch it grow, and we nurture it. That's right. You know, and what that means is start at the local level, vote locally so you know you can you can go and see those people, touch those people, shake their hands and have a conversation and really see where right. they stand. Right. And then again, you go from that local level, we push them to the state level. Then we can push them to the national level. Right. So now we have a dog in the fight, a real dog in the fight, a person who comes from our area, knows exactly what we face, and they're going to advocate for us. And that has had real life issues. You know, bad things happen to good people. Yes. Real issues. I talked with a group of moms a couple of days ago, and they could not believe, you know, and it's, it's amazing. We, we live in a society where people judge you by the way you look or the way you carry yourself. And thank God I don't look like what I've been through (laughs) because I was actually telling, talking to them. And before they could finish the sentence, I said, well, you know, you got to go this here because this is going to happen. That's going to happen. They looking at me like, how do you know? Life. I've been there. Life. Done I've that. been there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've had to learn how to how to make a dollar out of fifteen cent. I learned how to literally look in the cabinet and and there's only a few items there and you try to make do and you make a a, a multitude of food yep. out of a little bit. And, I've been there. And you and you still here and you <laughs> survived here you and know? you overcame. But the thing is, if time get hard. You know how to go right back to it, and you know how to survival. keep surviving. Survival, when, survival. You know, mode. some people they don't know anything about survival till times get hard. Right. They're gonna jump off a building or a bridge. Right. But that's why, at the state level or at any level, at the local government level, you know, you have to have. That's why I want people before they exercise their right to vote. Think about the candidate that you put in the exactly. seat. Exactly. If they cannot relate to you, if they cannot relate to your your morals, your ethics, your goals, the things that are valuable to you, you better think long and hard before you put that person in a seat. Because yep. when things happen, they're so out of touch, you have no voice because they can't even relate to you. Exactly. You have to think about those so things. What? What are your values? So as state rep, what what are you standing on? What are you looking to represent? What type of bills could we see Anjanette Thibodeau pass? I believe in second chance. Propose. Sure. I believe in second chance. Mm -hmm. Second chance. And and in some cases, believe it or not, I, I sometimes believe in third chances. But I do believe that bad things happen to good people. And I don't believe that someone, an adolescent, especially our young men, I'm not singling out a a particular class, Mm -hmm. but I don't believe that a misdemeanor and a misdemeanor when our young men are into peer pressure, riding in the wrong car, happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time at a young adolescent age, and those misdemeanors still follow them. And then when they get into maturity, and our young men mature a little different than our young ladies, obviously, Mm -hmm. but when they get into maturity and they have a family, and now they got the, 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 the world on their shoulders trying to be the colonel, the czar, the the, the dad that, that carries the family through. Now that they've they're now taking life seriously and those two felons and I mean two misdemeanors and they get a third one now becomes a felon. Hmm. And now they're a convicted felon, now standing alongside your rapists, your murderers, and things like that. I don't believe that's 
equality. Yeah. I really not, don't. It doesn't so add up. We, I, I really want to take a look at that, see how we can impact that and mm-hmm. what we can do, because those are the things that plague our community. The enemy comes to destroy the strongest unit in the family. And what's the strongest unit in the family? That's our men. Yep, exactly. Second thing mm-hmm. is child support reform. Oh, child support. Oh, listen, I oh, men, men <laughs> even some of the women out there, child support. And I'm saying this because, honestly— these are conversations that have been coming up more and more lately. Actually, we had the, um, Demi- and I don't mean this to cut you off, we had the um, 2020 Democratic U.S. Senate Forum held in Greenspoint this past weekend. And it was a guy stood right next to me and said, I'm going to ask them how they feel about child support reform. And people really want to know. So let us know. I, I do believe it's time for child support reform. We have not had revisions on mm-hmm. child support in years. And as times change, we must change also. We must learn to think about how we maneuver child support. Child support is not a mechanism for someone to earn a living off of. It is not an income for the custodial parent. The non-custodial pays child support for the child. And in some point, somewhere down the line, we forgot about the child. And again, you know, I'm a single mom Mm -hmm. and I, I deal with real issues. I don't believe that you should just cut a check from the state, the state gets their percentage out of it, and then just execute it to the mom or dad, whoever the custodial parent is, Mm -hmm. and just say, okay, job well done. You never stop to check on the well-being of the child. And if the Malaya Davis case taught me anything, Mm -hmm. it taught me that the system can fail the child. That baby's death is such a monumental thing. God don't make mistakes. Right. And that that death should not be in vain. We forgot about the child. The system failed her. Yep. The schools failed her. her. Everything so. failed her. But the child support checks never stopped. That's coming. a problem. And another thing that I see, just again, talking to my peers and things like that, if it's not regulated, then as a father who really loves his child, wants to take care of his child, he's hindered because I'm talking to a guy, man, they're taking $700 a month. That's like two bills, three bills. And I remember this guy before he was put on child support. What you doing this weekend? Oh, me and my boy about to go here. Oh, me and my boy about to go there. And now I talk to him and it's like, man, I'm trying to find a way to get some extra money so I could take my son out. Because you don't think about it if... The money is taken out of his check going directly to the mom. She's not about to give him money to take his son out. Oh, no. But at the end of the day, that's what that money that's coming out of his check is for, to take care of his child. And now he's trying to scrape up change and to do things with his child on the weekend because he's hurt now. He still has his bills to take care of and things like that. And then... The, and God forbid the mom's not taking care of the child the correct way. And, and now the child is really, really suffering because. And more importantly, how about the man scraping up money because his job is a mediocre job mm-hmm. or a job that's not giving him the wages that he needs? Mm-hmm. Case in point, child support is on his credit. It is. And I, I'm against that. I don't think it should be, it should go on your credit. I don't think it should hinder you from advancing in life mm-hmm. because two people could not make it work. It should not hinder you. He he's now has an 18, 21 year sentence yep. that says he can't even advance himself um, because child support could potentially be on his credit due to late wow. or her credit. Wow. Because I actually polled a hundred, a hundred sample of males mm-hmm. and a hundred sample of females that are both as non-custodial parents paying child support. Mm -hmm. Less than 10% of both classes, male and females who were paying child support, less than 10% had access to their child. Less than 10% had access to their child. Less than 10% had access to their child. Once again, we forgot about the child. On the credit, you can't go get a car or a vehicle Mm -hmm. or anything like that if your credit is shot. And some jobs do require you to have good credit. So to even advance to get up in the world, to get up in life, to make my child proud of me. Now I have to deal with this Mm -hmm. and rob Peter to pay Paul. Come on. (laughs) Or literally go out there and rob Peter. (laughs) And again, the enemy comes to destroy (laughs) that household. Now we're back to a misdemeanor and a felon. 
it's all a cycle. Full circle. And, and, that, and we hit it on the head because that's what's going on. Yeah. And I'm talking to my people like, look, please don't go there. Man, I have to. I'm not feeling that, but no, but we we survival. have to find that balance though, and that's survival, you know. But we we have to get past surviving, especially if the system is is putting us is forcing us into survival mode. It's forcing our seniors too, and that's something I I gotta step up on. Hmm. I cannot let you do my seniors that way. So another thing that I am for, and I want to look into, is Arthur in a bill where we have uh, rent control for our seniors. Remember, our seniors are on fixed income. Why they rent go up every year? Because the, the senior income doesn't go up. So we need to have a, a cap amount. There are there should be limits mm -hmm. in rent control for our seniors. Wherever they choose to live, if they are a senior, it should be something in place to say that their rent is at a controlled amount. Mm -hmm. It's locked in. It's, it will not go up every year because their income is right. fixed income. It, and it makes a lot of sense. How can you do even, that? They served us. Even the buyers. And and now the, on the home ownership part, it comes into knowledge and, and education because there are some things out there that can help them with taxes and give them tax breaks and Absolutely. things like that. But the ones that don't know and you have their neighborhoods that are being gentrified. So, of course, the property value is going up. Taxes mm -hmm. are going up. And now they're looking like, I can't pay my taxes. And we know how some seniors are. They like to keep things to themselves. They may not tell their children. They may not tell their grandchildren. And next thing you know, we're finding out when the home is actually up for auction that when Big Mama was behind on taxes. You know, So we definitely have to, because, again, we want to see our communities advance. But like you say, we have to protect certain people within Absolutely. our communities. We have to have my seniors are protected class and my children. <laughs> right. I hold my youth, I hold near and dear to me. So if nothing else, again, that's bringing the seat back to the people. To the people. Yeah, that's their seat. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And then so another thing I see, and this is actually something I address with the city at the local level, even though I know it's not in their wheelhouse, but it's, and this is me, if I am... If I'm the mayor of a city and on a state level, I see things are not quite right, why can't I advocate? Why can't I say something? I know I can't, I'm not in a position to actually do something, but why can't I speak out against it? Or why wouldn't I speak out against it? And what I'm, one thing I'm referring to is the, I, the gerrymandering that I see here in Houston, the way our districts are broke up and split up. You have, I don't even think Olive Acres Home is in the same district um, when it comes like the District B. For District B and 139, it is. But then you got, when you get into Independence Heights, City Gas and different mm. things, now you, you form out of District 139 into another district right. and things like that. But you do need to contribute this mm -hmm. to how the census is done. Mm -hmm. And we have a big one coming up. Right. Census 2020 is going to change everything. Mm -hmm. So when they come knocking on your door... We should give them that information. You have to. <laughs> you would do yourself a disservice right. if you don't because right. the census, not only, you got to remember, millions of people move into this city mm -hmm. on a daily basis, on a monthly basis. I had some people that I haven't heard from in a while, and they were my old GM, GMAC people mm -hmm. that worked on the finance industry side. They would nice. live in Gaslamp in, in San Diego, California, now tells me that they actually sold their house. They can take the cash that they, they made from mm -hmm. selling their house, come and buy a brand new bigger house here, and still have money left. They're migrating here. Okay. They see our Houston. market. Yeah, they see the market. Mm -hmm. So that being said, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's so much value here. But that census, these are new people that's coming. Add these people. Now you're adding people to the district and districts only hold X amount of people. Mm -hmm. So it's going to change. And I don't know whether the result is going to be redistricting to make it a bigger district, smaller district, add some right. districts. Right. We don't know. But the important thing is filling out that information and getting it back. Is that something that, that is handled on the state level? Uh, the redistricting? Federal. Oh, that's, that's federal. Uh, census, yeah, all of the census 2020 is federal. Yeah. And see, that's why it's important, like, once again, that we, we elevate our people because they know what we're dealing with. So when the census do, do come in, they know how 
beneficial it would be to structure the district to where it's not broken up to where a district like District B, you don't have to go from the northeast side of Houston right. to Greens Point to Acres Home. Just think about the city council that holds that seat mm -hmm. and what they have to do to cover their area and right. if they wanted to do it in one day. Um, it's almost impossible, especially if, you, if you're one of those people who are going to really sit and listen to your candidates. You're not going to put time restraints on it. I mean, your constituents and not put time constraints on it. You may not be able to make it to the next one if, if you go over. So definitely things we need to look at. Um, so what what anything else you you you're looking to do in uh, the state business. seat? Um, business, business economy for our small our small businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of opportunity comes through the state level. Uh, we have a lot of good city programs mm -hmm. that actually promote small businessmen gotcha. and actually promote uh, minority businesses and things like that. And the access is there on a city level. And I thank the city for that because they do a really good job of trying to make sure we are aware of those opportunities. On the state level, I don't see that as much, but gotcha. I do know that there are state contracts, procurements and mm -hmm. things like that, that we do need to be, it needs to come to the forefront, bring us that access, bring us that awareness and mm -hmm. let us decide how we want to change and maneuver our gotcha. business. So on a local level, how do you gain access for those who don't know who may be small business owners? What do you do to get access to those grants well, and things that are out there in the sure. city? Sure, and in the city level, we have the business of opportunity. Uh, we have our, our, that's a great department. Uh, department of Neighbors mm -hmm. is a good department to work with because the Department of Neighbors is for citizen assistance and for our communities. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the business opportunity uh, in the city uh, does a good job of working with the minority, gotcha. uh, small businessmen, uh, just different levels of business. Cool. So there's, there's some opportunity there. Beautiful, beautiful. So coming. So let me ask you this: From and I don't know exactly how long you've been in Houston from the time that you came from humble beginnings and yeah. small town with a dirt road to <laughs> traveling the the country and visiting all the other different cities. From the time you entered into Houston to now, what type of changes have you seen, for better or worse? Um, I've seen a lot of changes. I mean, I was here for Harvey. Okay. Uh, and if nothing changed your life is the fact that knowing that you can go to sleep one night and wake up and, you know, you wake up and your feet are hitting water as opposed to the solid dry floor. Yeah. That's something I could never fathom. Yeah. Uh, and I, I definitely wouldn't want anyone to go through that again. But again, that's natural disaster. That's mm -hmm. life. And again, that's, those are not new conditions for us. We rise above it. Uh, to see a, a city come together mm -hmm. and just form a union and Beautiful. help each other out. Oh, my God. That actually reminded me of home because that's how, how it is. Come we come together yeah. in times of, of distress and times of need and we help each other out. So when I saw that, I was more happy. It was sad about the situation right. that we right. were in. But I was so happy to see how it doesn't matter. Black, black, yellow, brown. It doesn't matter who you were. Everybody pulled together as a city yeah. to help. And it really was Houston strong. It was. It and was. and. I'm that's something, proud of that. And that's something I would love to see day in and day out. But yeah. ever since that day, I can tell you this, that you see it more and more and more. And people are really getting involved in their communities oh, and things yeah. like that. It was a video popped up on my Facebook yesterday, something like that. But And it, it was a guy who... who was um, He helped out doing Harvey, and he recorded everything. And I guess it may have popped up or I don't know, but he shared it. And I was like, wow. And like you said, I just remembered that time how everyone was coming together. Mm -hmm. And me, myself, and my coworkers, they mess with me because I always tell them, yeah, I used to be 230 pounds. And they always like, what happened? Because I saw them pictures. And they're like, what happened? I'm like, what you don't understand is when Harvey hit, that's when I was, that's when I was called by God. And I decided to follow it. And I went out. And I can remember going, we went six months strong day in and day out where I went from sitting at a desk to eating three meals a day and all the snacks in between to I'm reminding myself to eat at the end of the day. 
Right. You know, and I'm still trying to get my weight back, but we'll get it up. But that's that's the commitment that the city had at right. that time. And it's beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to see. You know, my grandmother used to say, I got a big mama and I got a Madeira. <laughs> so and, and and having both of them, but I had the best of both worlds. Right. But they used to tell me that the day will come when the lion must lay with the lamb. Hmm. The lion must lay with the lamb. And it's amazing that I heard it. I could hear it. And I actually experienced it. Right. I experienced it on Saturday. I literally saw in a place where no no lion has ever come before because they were always at this yes. echelon yes. level. And that day on Saturday, the lions came and they had to lay with the lamb. And it was a beautiful so thing beautiful. to see. I was able to have a conversation with a lady. Um, she was actually up from the woodlands. And for her to say, hey, I'm a white lady who called white people out on ABS. I was like, and the whole time, I'm like, I'm every time I hear the Woodlands, I would never, and this is telling you where I'm at, and forgive me, but I would never thought I would hear a remark like that for someone coming out of the Woodlands. But, <laughs> I mean, they real just like us, and we may share some of the same problems. It may not be financial, but, or we look back at the civil rights. It was plenty of whites who advocated and, and helped push us along during the civil rights, and we still need that. We all need to come together on one accord and one cause, because if unjust for one is unjust for who? For all, oh, right? right? So beautiful. Man, I just love your spirit. I love your energy. I love yeah. your values and what you stand on, and would definitely love to see you represent. Yeah, and I, they actually called me and told me that uh, when I win, that I'll also be the first female to hold that seat. Stay I well. did not know that until, you know, because it didn't matter. I know what I want to bring. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to replace anybody because nobody's right. replaceable. Right. They all have their own unique value. Mm -hmm. I just know what I can bring to the table. And I know what plagues our everyday common man. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm an everyday common woman. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I guess you. some people play with their blinders on and... Some people choose not to. Like I, I, a lot of people like to con compare Jordan and LeBron, and the major difference I see with them is when Jordan put those blinders on, he's going in and he's going to get yeah. what he wants to get. But driven. exactly. But then think about it. He's benefiting from it, and from him benefiting from it. Yeah, his team is benefiting from it. But who got all the name, the highlights, accolades, and things like that? But you look at LeBron, who he's looking to pass first. He's made a lot of players, Thank you. you know, so and, and they, he empowered them to where they're leading other teams now. So it's all, it, it just depends on how you look at it. And I'm not taking nothing from Jordan because my pops diehard Jordan fan from <laughs> Chicago. But oh, yeah. it, it's just a, a new age and a new day and a new way of seeing things. So beautiful. Any events you have coming up you want to let us know about? Uh, I have a big kickoff coming up uh, at the end of the week, and mm -hmm. I'll be posting that on tippitoforTexas.com. And I know my name is spelled. TippitoforTexas. for Texas. Sounds crazy, but I love that name. <laughs> it's tippitoforTexas.com. Uh, so look for me on the Facebook public group uh, so you can see some of the events coming up soon. But there is a monumental event coming up uh -oh, next month. Monumental, that's it big. It is monumental, backed by popular demand. We did it one time. It is the biggest housing event you have ever seen in Houston. We did it last year mm -hmm. and we're coming back to do it again. And so we'll be at Greenhouse International. We're transforming oh, wow. that center into a five-day solution-driven system. And what happens there mm -hmm. is the ability, if you can afford to pay rent, you can afford to make that same amount of oh, payment yeah. in a mortgage. That's principal interest tax and insurance. <laughs> so we're going to have it where you come in um, February 27th through March 2nd. February 27th through March 2nd. And you come in, you go to the workshop, you get counseling, you go to the underwriter, you get a qualified, you get your house shopping letter that says you've been qualified. You go out with a realtor and find your house. Wow. And that's it. All in one day. One day. One day process. So, uh, and that's through NACA, www.naca.com. We are coming to Houston 
five-day event is huge. It's monumental. I'm pretty proud of it because people that thought they could never own a home now realize that they've been renting. I met someone who's been renting for 26 years. 26 years she's been renting. She's coming to the event. She's going to get qualified because your qualification (laughs) is your rental history and your ability to pay. I love it. Changing lives, man. I love it. (laughs) So beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful. And people, please, please, please look into NACA. If you're looking to buy a home and you don't know about NACA, you should definitely look into them and see how you can benefit. No closing costs, no down payment, no fees, no PMI, no PMI. Um, Beautiful. I mean, look into it, see how it can benefit you. Again, in the city of Houston, rent is going up. And believe me, I know I grew up in Greenspoint. I still have family in Greenspoint. I know I'm like, you're really paying this much for this apartment in Greenspoint now? Yeah. I'm like, no, you should be paying for your own home, paying on a mortgage. And there's plenty of money. Remember, we orchestrated a deal. Remember, I used to be vice president of Bank of America. So we orchestrated a deal to where they had this loose money around (laughs) Mm -hmm. $100 million. I negotiated to make sure that the constituents, the residents in the city, the citizens in Houston have access to that money. $100 million is there. Good for the taking. I'm so, I'm so, (laughs) Thibodeau for Texas. (laughs) Negotiating $100 million for the city of Houston. See, that's what it's about, people. That's what it's about. And these are the type of people that we need representing us. Most definitely. It's achieving the impossible. But mom uh, was asking me why I decided to run. And I say, you know why? I say, because they said it's impossible. You're running against an incumbent. You're running against name recognition. You're running against the fraternity. You're running against this. You're running against that. You're the only woman that'll be in the seat. It's never happened before. Well, guess what? Nothing has ever (laughs) been given to me. I've had to fight all my life. All my life, I had to fight. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I really have. All my life, I've had to struggle to get to where I I am now. I had to to go against the odds to get a degree. I had Mm -hmm. to go against the odds to get a master's. I had to go against the odds. They said I could never have a child. I have two. (laughs) No, I had two. So I had to always go against the odds. So the reason why I'm running, because my motto is I'm achieving the impossible. They said it could. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to put my money (laughs) down in Vegas on the fighter, I would definitely want you in the ring for me. Most definitely, man. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I wish you the best. Um, When we see you in office, we definitely um, pray that the people there see it the same way. The representatives there see it the same way and vote the same way on any proposals that you may put forth because you definitely have some beautiful ideas. You definitely have the track record to prove it, Mm -hmm. that you are for the community, you're about the community, you know the needs of the community. Not saying you know it all, but you're also open to listen and find out new things and new ways. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Beautiful. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure with you. All right, y'all. It was good. Y'all be blessed. And please take this information, look into it, see how it can benefit you. Thank you. Y'all be blessed.